We have breaking news that we're going to get right to now with our Adrian Wojnarowski. And it starts with a man who's been in Oklahoma City for the past, what, five years? Woj, what can you tell us? Uh, Sage, uh, I'm told Billy Donovan has agreed to a deal to become the new head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Arturis Karnishevis, the new uh, executive VP in Chicago, was real aggressive in pursuing Donovan uh, once he walked away from the Oklahoma City Thunder job. They had already interviewed a number of candidates, uh, but two former Big East guys, a Providence guy, a Seton Hall guy now, uh, leading the fortunes for the Chicago Bulls. You know, I'm told that Donovan really connected with Karnishevis. Uh They met, they talked, that young roster in Chicago that has a, a lot of potential and talent. And then the chance to try once again to be a big player in free agency in Chicago. Now you've got your team in the front office with Karnishevis and now Billy Donovan, who was the co-NBA Coaches Association Coach of the Year this past season, Oklahoma City. He's agreed, I'm told, to a multi-year deal and he'll replace Jim Boylan as the Bulls head coach. All right, that David show. Uh, lucky enough, we're joined by a podcast producer for NBC Chicago, sports in particular, the one and the only Tony Gill. Follow him at the Tony Gill. Uh, long time no see, Tony. How have you been? Good, man. We finally, I mean, the Bulls just constantly break news this, <laughs> this, uh, during this quarantine, which is, which is crazy to say for, you know, anything other than something negative. Right. But yeah. They've been, they've been the, go-to team for NBA out-of-the-bubble news. All right, look, you know what? With that, let me start off here. Looking at what's happened when we're talking about COVID, I know uh, Bulls Insider for NBC Chicago, Casey Johnson, had kind of mentioned about financially all these moves they made, paying coaches that aren't even here anymore, are still executives in the same. Um, when you're talking about being in the bubble, not just being in the bubble, not being able to get to the money from the gate, basically, what are your thoughts on, on what the Bulls have done, positive and negative? Um, so, let me preface this by as far as how that could hurt them at, if, if there's no games or if people in seats next season. Uh, yeah, um, I think we found out that the Reinsdorf are really, really rich. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, the beginning of something that, you know, Bulls fans, you know, have known for a long time. I mean, you got to think they benefited highly from all of those Jordan years. <laughs> um, and, you know, those Rose years were kind of, kind of a big of a boost for the brand as a whole. Um, but the way that they have spent money uh, this season with no games to finish, no games to speak of uh, to this point, um, Commissioner Adam Silver went on CNN and said they're looking at, you know, January – as the, you know, earliest date possible to start the next season. And, and at that point, we still don't know if fans are going to be allowed uh, just yet. But the Bulls went on and did what they were supposed to do, regardless of what was going on. Um, and it, it really showed their dedication, honestly, with the move so far to change and to get their brand back on track and to not having it be one of the jokes of the league and around the league. Um, and that's, that's an investment. Um, and it, regardless of when was the appropriate time to spend, um, they had to change that narrative. Uh, and they're still changing that narrative. It's not going to happen, you know, overnight just because you spend a couple dollars um, doesn't mean that, you know, that narrative about your organization is just going to change like that. Like, no, this is still an ongoing process, but so far they've done all the right things that they needed to do. Look, um, 
I want to get into Billy Donovan, but you, you're our Bulls, resident Bulls insider. You hit us with. I'm not that much inside. <laughs> with, with, hey, I take I take what I can get. All right, brother. <laughs> you're connect. You're, you're connected to people that are even closer, much more than I am. So listen, you you told us that Outlets Past Junior was going to get this gig about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, and that's what Sunsell Junior, uh, assistant uh, head coach of uh, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, now, was it a situation where they weren't going to wait for him, or was is it was it really just that? that apple with Billy Donovan was probably just too bright to even go with one of these uh, first-time head coaches. Well, from uh, talking to my resident insider, Casey Johnson, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but just just asking, you know, questions about why Donovan, and uh, we're going to get that relatively soon. Uh, They're going to have their press meeting, and that's going to be one of the first questions for sure is why Donovan? You know, Mm -hmm. why that? You've never worked with him before. Um, You don't have a prior relationship. Uh, with him, uh, why make that choice? Um, and from reading what Casey has wrote and what Casey's reported and, uh, you know, Joe Cowley and everybody else and what I can garner um, is they connect really on a personality level. Um, and our tours must have gave him the ultimate speech and the ultimate confidence about what's coming uh, for this team down the line because, as we know, the reason why – Donovan split from OKCs. He didn't want to be part of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, and just looking at it from looking at the two organizations, the Bulls and the Thunder, I know the Thunder are going to take a step back, but they're about to resurge like relatively quickly with all the assets that they have. All the draft picks. Right. And if you had to make a choice, if you, in my opinion, I would think sticking with one, a proven executive, in Preston, Preston yeah. uh, and the growth of Shea Gilgis Alexander um, and the assets that they have, I would have probably stuck that out. Um, in, in in my if it was if it was my choice, okay. Um, because the Bulls again unproven. I mean, yeah, they got some pieces uh, that you can work with, but I mean, Zach Zach Levine's your best player, right? Is he that much better than Shea Gilgis, you know, Alexander? I mean, it, it's up to the eye of the beholder, I think, at that point. I would say, yeah. I Because, I, I mean, Gilgis Alexander's defense, I think, uh-huh. not to say that Zach's playing D, but it's one of those things still, and at least Zach has more hops. But it's funny when you mention that. I, that Davis show, right here we have Tony Gill, podcast producers for NBC uh, Chicago here. Follow him at uh, the Tony Gill. I want to ask you this before we get into our tourists and Mark Eversley. Does this really say that the Bulls have better talent than OKC? Because I'm with you. I said on the show yesterday evening that I would feel like with Sam Presti picking high in the lottery, I would say from one to eight, he usually hits. I mean, yeah. we're talking about, I mean, Kevin Durant was a given, but playing Russell Westbrook coming out of UCLA at point guard, James Hart, really, James Hart. You know, yeah. like, so I would feel like you said, I would feel inclined to perhaps say with Sam Presti. Maybe that also talks about where that relationship had necessarily went. But I, I want to focus on our, our tourist Carney Sovis and Mark Eversley, because usually when you've been given your first opportunity to have control, you don't let it go. And when you have a first time head coach who it one he owes you that opportunity, regardless of him working himself up and other organizations wanting him. He's, he still owes the people that gave him his first break for a certain period of time. We saw with, with Thibs how that kind of wore off or whatever. 
But for these guys to have this power because they're in new positions and they, it would be first time uh, uh, VP in charge of, of basketball operations, first time GM, then a first time head coach. For them to have the brass to sit there and bring in someone with such recognition who can really tell them, no, what does it say about these guys not necessarily operating with ego? Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it, again, uh, when I was mentioning before and leading up that when they were interviewing, because it's not just one-sided. They're not just interviewing the coach. The coach is also interviewing, interviewing. Mm-hmm. you know, the, the organization. And from what I can garner, I mean, this dude's not cheap. I mean, he's not coming cheap. Um, so the the speech and the plan that was laid out by our tours and, and Mark Eversley must have been very profound um, that it grabbed him where he's like, I'm here. I mean, he just left OKC like, what, two, three weeks ago? Maybe two and a half, and, maybe. <laughs> and he already was a, 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 a finalist um, after that. And then he gets the job. Like, I, I, the the conversation and, and the two uh, uh, parties meeting must, must have been like, they must have been so cohesive in their dreams and in their goals and aspirations of what they want. Um, may, maybe the, the returning the bulls to back to that prominence must, you know, must have been a, a, a gauging factor. The, um, again, it, the bulls, they got clean books going forward too. Mm-hmm. Um, so After this season. And, and, and from a coach that has had star players basically since he got into the NBA, um, that narrative must have been like, look, we're going to give you stars to work with. Um, we're going to have something um, either we believe in this talent currently or we believe that we can move some of this talent to get a bigger, uh, a bigger landing piece uh, later down the road. Um and it must not have been a pipe dream. It must have been like, oh, we're just going to go in and no, here is how we're going to do it in the next two or three years or the next two years, we're going to be contending or to, to, to that degree. Because I don't see Billy Donovan, no matter how good the speech is, if they're talking like a you know, three, three years, years yeah. or, you know, or four years or so, that's when we're going to compete. I just don't see him taking that job. Um, so I, I'm assuming we're going to find out more uh, this week when they do present him formally to the to the media. Um, what was said that got you so excited about taking this job, a, a job that admittedly isn't the best one out of the out of the groupings, um, and, and especially since he was you know highly touted. I'm sure he was a uh, uh, Mark Stein reported later uh, earlier today that he was a finalist for the Sixers job. Too. So, and it's like, you know, let me me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Sonny. And I thought about that. I was talking to Ryan yesterday. But is the uncertainty of perhaps Elton Brand? I mean, we already had the situation where he was sitting there with uh, Kilangelo's, some of Kilangelo's subordinates working with them and how that kind of messed everything up with ownership, with the Sixers kind of having a, a little bit of say of what's taking place. Did Billy Donovan not want to go to a place where he may end up being the coach and then another GM is there, and you know sooner or later that that GM is going to want his own person, people there, where at least with the Bulls, you know with Arturius Carney and Sovis and Mark Eversley, they're probably going to be here for about five years at least. And we're talking about a franchise that does not fire executives, even though they don't have the same uh, personal connection with uh, the ownership that the the previous regime has had. I think that's another great question that will be brought up. I'm giving that to you. I'm giving yeah. it to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you. I'm, you I'm, here. I'm here. I'm here all week. I'm here all week. 
<laughs> but, uh, but I mean, that's, that's a great question that how do you gauge, you know, when you're wanted as a coach, how do you gauge what's important to you? Mm. You know, uh, with him taking this job, talent must not have been the number one <laughs> um, because there were better teams with better <laughs> options. Uh, New Orleans, I mean, you got Zion, a, a for a you got the most improved player in, in Brandon Ingram in Philly. You obviously got two number one overall picks over there that still needs tweaking. But the fact remains, they got number one pick talent uh, mm-hmm. on that Sixers team. So um, if he was a finalist for that job, um, but to end the, the quickness that he took this job too, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's another question that needs to uh, be answered by uh, Arturis and uh, Billy as well. And it's uh, more yeah. desirable than what we think. Right. Maybe. But Maybe it's like, hey, you got about an hour. <laughs> Charles, Charles Barkley just said the other night, oh, it was one of the, worst, <laughs> one of the worst jobs in, in the league. And we did an episode on Bulls Talk Podcast, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think last week, about where do you rank this Bulls job? And we all had to agree, this is not one of the better ones that, that opened up. It was one of the fastest ones to open up. But as the season kind of continued and progressed, that Nets job looked good. Uh, obviously, the Sixers job, the Houston job isn't one to sneeze at. Um, there were better opportunities for coaches looking to win and win as soon as possible. Um, but for Bill Donovan to take this one is very – Interesting. We know he wasn't going to take the next job with a burner account. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We'll get into that. We'll get into that a little bit later. Look, just to speculate, and one thing that you brought up and mentioned that this would seem like this isn't going to be a situation where it's like in three years, you're going to be, I, I hate to say contention, but especially out in each, it is easier that three years you're going to wait. So it's, it's a joke. It's just like, hey, we got the assets. We got, we got this nice contract with Levine. Your buddy's sitting there in Washington at any moment. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, saying that the, the Bradley Bill, a uh, little cherry to, to try to entice him. And all the years he was watching Joe Kim up here rooting for his players. Uh, just like I say, it's one of the jokes. But I, I also want to talk a little bit about the changes. Because I've been a huge Billy Diamond fan since that Joe Kim Noah Al Horford Corey Brewer team uh, down there in Florida. Like that, that was my squad. That was my last real college squad. Were you duped by Corey Brewer too? You say what? Were you duped by Corey Brewer too? No, he I, was my favorite out of that group. I thought he was, really? was going to be a dude. I loved his story <laughs> because I remember like his father was sick back then. Uh-huh. I, I thought he was going to be a lockdown defender. Now I'll say this: I wonder if he would have come into the NBA today, being as light as he is in the backside. To back then, would even his defensive prowess be even better? Because like you look at somebody like Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, 15 years ago, his little light ass ain't going to be like the great defender that he can be right now at times. Jason Tatum is one of, one of the, the better perimeter defenders as also as a scorer. I don't think he could have done that 15 years ago. So, and again, I'm not trying to compare Corey Brewer to him, but I was a Corey Brewer guy, all right? Like, big time, a Corey Brewer guy. But look, looking at that team, and I brought up uh, Kevin Durant with the burner account situation where we found out he had a burner account and he was casting dispersions on the coaching acumen of uh, Billy Donovan. Uh, so you, you go from that that first year, KD's last year, and they made it to the Western Conference Finals 3-1. We won't do that one right now. Mm-hmm. One. But KD leaves. Then you go the three years of Russ uh, averaging the MVP, right, just, just trying to show his adaptability. 
And then you go to the PG Russ year with PG was in the top three and MVP voting for the majority of the year before Shota got hurt. And then you got uh, Chris Paul, Shakers Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and, and Steven Adams, and a, a bunch of other pieces. And to me, like, especially this year, it just kind of showed his versatility. So de- defensively, you know what I'm saying? I, I was reading a Stephen Noah uh, article talking about uh, the blitz scheme. It's being the same as uh, Jim Boylan's. Uh, but then you look at how, you know, he switched it up for this last year's team. So defensively, how do you view Billy Donovan? And then, because I think usually that's going to be looked at in a, favor, a, 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 a fashion, a favorable light. But also flipped into the XSL's offensively, where he kind of uh, still get dings for not being for being t- too simplistic, to say the least. Yeah, um, I think a, a benefit for Billy is his he is adapt uh, his adaptability to whatever roster that he's given, and he's shown that in his NBA head coaching career, um, and that's that's a bonus, that's a plus, uh, because we in Chicago we really haven't seen this roster used to the best of its capabilities. Um, And so having a coach that is used to, let's try this, let's move this around, let's let's do some different things, um, and being able to listen to his players and adjust to what makes the group work better together, I think is a bonus because obviously Jim was very hard-pressed on what uh, he wanted to do and what his game plan was, and no matter the fit or whatever, that's what they were going to do. Rigid. Right. Um, But a a question that does come to my mind and you're going to have to ask uh, is why did KD want out? You know, that's, that's, he's what healthy second best player in the world. So in some minds, didn't he want out already? So we know why he wanted out. And it it begins, his first name begins with an R and his next, his next second begins with a W. Right. Okay. Even to that, to that point, the head coach couldn't figure that dynamic out of two stars, two elite stars. Why couldn't he figure that out? Was it just because, you know, the, the Russell Westbrook factor was too much for, for him to handle, which albeit it's a lot for a lot of coaches. You, I know you're not talking. It's a, it's a lot to come to Russ. You're not talking. How much Russ slander you've thrown out in the day? But, agree. But, but, but the fact remains that he couldn't make that situation work. I don't, like think, that's, anybody, I don't think nobody can. That's I, the fact of the matter. I did think perhaps – listen, I still, mm-hmm. I still cast aspersions on Scott Brooks uh-huh. for that or whatever. But, like, over the years – and you just look at, like, basketball. And I'm not trying to diss Russell uh, Westbrook's basketball uh, IQ. But just, no, you can. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. But just looking at the ebbs and the flow of the game, and I kind of get why KD wanted someone who, when it comes to, like, the classic basketball, knowing the ins and outs and not just going full goal all the time, knowing sometimes that it's, there's a better way to attack than just going full bore, mm-hmm. why, he ended up in, uh, why he ended up in GSW, but also why he ended up with Kyrie. Now, I don't know how the Kyrie's name is going to work, but you kind of get the, the the basketball IQ of Kyrie. And it's just one of those things when I see Russell Houston, I'm like, man, I see why KD was just like, forget this. Because <laughs> it just gets to the point like where it's like, yeah, they had a chance to win the title that year. That year, they probably should – they may have been able to beat maybe Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's not the same team that lost to LeBron when LeBron was in Miami right. and won his first title. They were more seasoned at that point. But 
they were missing uh, James Harden. But even with that, they had kind of made up for it a, a little bit uh, or whatever. And Harden wasn't necessarily Harden than he is necessarily uh, today. But still, when I look at Russie, man, and just like, man, you just, you just going to be you, right? And it's like, you love that about him, uh-huh. except when it comes to basketball. <laughs> <laughs> You got to, bro, you got to, getting back to Billy Donovan, you got to adapt. You got to be malleable. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you got to get in there, and maybe you'll never become a good shooter, but are you really practicing, and have you really changed for this new NBA? You know what I'm saying? Like, just one of those things. So I, I won't put, I don't put that one, especially, let me ask you, think about it like this, too. You're a new head coach, right, in Billy Donovan. Yes, you're trying to make sure Kevin Durant uh, is not going to leave, but clearly one foot was probably outside of the door. One, because you brought in a new coach. This isn't his guy. I wonder even how the conversations went between Sam Presti and those two-star players about bringing in and who he's bringing in. And you're bringing in a college guy. Like, dude, I was in college for, like, this long. I, what, what do I have for a college guy? Like, bring me someone who's great and maybe who knows what he's doing in the pros and not necessarily learning on the job, which we used to have here in Chicago. Finally, we didn't necessarily get it. But being a coach, you got to try to get into this guy's head in KD and also this guy's head in Rust but also you're trying to prove to them that you're just not a college coach. And I think in one year, that's a lot to try to accomplish with those two guys, especially when you can kind of say they had different agendas. You know what I'm saying? Russ was going to prove he was Russ, and KD was going to look for something that aesthetic was aesthetically pleasing to him, I feel. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's a good point. Uh, trying to do all that in a, you know, in a single season um, is difficult. But, you know, that, that was the job. And I think the question is still going to come, especially if you're going to go after superstars. He ne- he was never in a room trying to recruit one. He always had it or mm-hmm. traded uh, for one. Um, so how are you going to convince, you know, another Giannis, for example, um, that the that the Bulls are going to be the best fit for you in your pursuit of a championship uh, ring? Uh, right now, and um, I'm I'm very interested to see that. And also, this this uh, this Brad Bill thing is is very interesting. Like I get it if it was just one tweet that he had about the bull situation and head coaching situation, but he's done multiple ones, and that that very that oh. intrigues me. Oh really? Or, so if if that was brought up in that meeting, like, hey, we know your boy wants out. We got some stuff here to get him here. Um, we think. We can make that happen if you want that to happen. Um, and I mean, again, I don't have back. I'm not that plugged in yet. No, we, we're going with this. We're going. But with this. this is it, this it, is facts. It, really, really interesting. Ryan, write this stuff up right away. <laughs> that that Brad Bill has been so vocal on social media about the Bulls specifically, um, and on top of all the rumors that you know teams are are asking about Brad Bill and what the Washington Wizards are going to do. Because I mean, it doesn't look like. Washington's going to be doing much of anything the next uh, few years. And the Bulls have a lot of room and a lot of pieces to make that happen uh, if they want to speed up a little their their winning window. That Davis show, lucky enough to have Tony Gill. Follow him at the Tony Gill, podcast producer for NBC Chicago. Holds down everything there. Elite when it comes to his job. Believe it is being our well, mine now, ex. <laughs> no, our ex producer uh, helped us to to reach so many uh, different levels. Always going to appreciate that, uh, Tony. Um, what does it say now? I'm still, it was focusing on Arturis and Mark. That now, so when we, I know we don't have Pat Riley's rings to drop down, 
right, mm-hmm. when we're talking to free agents. But when you got this coach who was desired to buy into your program that's a fresh program, what does that say around the league about perhaps the changes going on in Chicago, or is it going to be a wait-and-see approach because it's still Chicago? I think there is a healthy mixture of both those things. Um, because, I mean, that, that stank is, is, is strong. It's permeating. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real strong, and it's, it's going to take a minute to air out. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to take a little minute for that, for that to air out, even with um, the the essential oils of Mark Eversley and, and Scottish Rovers. Uh, but I think that it's a it's a good start. It's a good start that they deep cleaned. Um, I, and I'm just going to keep going with this, <laughs> with this metaphor the whole time. Just keep going. <laughs> Oh, that there's some solid deep. They pulled up that rug. Uh, they they really aerosoled and deep cleaned everything with 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 uh, with Arturus's move so far. Um, getting respected people um, into the organization, empowering those uh, respected people to do their jobs. Um, I think that is a excellent starting off point. Uh, for this organization, that respect doesn't come in an instant. I mentioned that before. This change isn't going to happen overnight. It's going to take a season or two, at least one season for the league to figure out, like, the Bulls know what they're doing. And now we we have to add them. When we are pursuing our own individual team pursuits of winning championships and acquiring talent and stuff like that, we have to think about the Bulls now as a legitimate threat to our success as a, you know, as the Detroit Pistons, as the Cleveland Cavaliers, as a, you know, I'm just talking about the teams in the in the division, mm-hmm. let alone the, the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. That you know, the Bulls, the Bulls are coming, and we should also be aware, at least oh, short term, lay it down, see, lay it down <laughs> for for the you know, and it just for small goals for the seventh and eighth seed. Like I know it's been like a a cluster uh, of you know Orlando and Charlotte and, and those teams. Now you add another one to that mix of teams that want to be in the playoff picture going forward. Look, um, he's a disciple of Rick Pitino, so just to throw a slide out, we're not going to find him in some Italian joint getting it in after hours, are we? I'm just – I have to do it, all right? Just just to be myself. I, I mean, consider, uh, considering everything that Florida football was doing while he was there, right? at least you can say he's good at hiding. <laughs> Put this over here right now. <laughs> Uh, Look, 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 Uh, let's switch off and talk a little bit about the players. One, so um, the players are going to resume with with their workouts. I know that it's not mandatory, but clearly they better show their asses up because they haven't been together since March. Mm -hmm. One, how's that going to affect you, and how do you know as far as interviewing and contacting players uh, how's that going to be changed now when you when you go back to the Advocate Center and how, like how are you going to be able to interact with the coaches and the players or will it be similar to how it was um, when the COVID kind of was starting off and how they kind of like had them come up and talk at uh, on the podium and you guys had to sit in the distance. Well, everybody's there except for Chris Dunn um, because you know he's uh, yeah he's uh, he's uh, he's going to be a free agent and at this point um, it doesn't really benefit him. Yeah, just in terms of uh, just, I mean, he could injure himself. I mean, yeah. most likely he 
probably won't be a bull um, going forward. I mean, so unless he almost he almost got that defensive team that me and White Michael Walton predicted two, three. Yeah, yeah, he 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 almost got it. He almost, he almost got, got it. Got but it. there's nothing more that he can do to improve his stock. You know, in terms of as a value piece um, to this team you know, or to the rest of the league by showing up to, you know, voluntary camps where he could potentially get hurt. Uh, Denzel mm-hmm. is also in that vein. He's going to be a potential free agent, um, but he hasn't played <laughs> at all. So it's <laughs> it, it would benefit him to show at least the organization that he is down to, you know, to play ball, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but how they're going to do things, uh, at least for the short term, is um, nobody's showing up at the advocate. Um there hasn't been any knows. Everything has been via Zoom so far. Every press conference, every um, player interview uh, that you've heard or seen quotes from uh, from the local beat writers, it's all been via Zoom. Uh, and the Bulls have been Bulls PR has been very very good about at least so far as the season, the new season gets prepared to go on to uh, having players on those Zooms. Uh, Our tourist has been you know very open when you know when he's made available uh, on these things. And uh, this week they'll do the same when presenting Billy Donovan. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like, honestly, uh, when the season really, the next season really starts uh, get going. I think that's still up in the air. Uh, the NBA, I think, you know, to their, to their credit, they want fans uh, in the stand. So they're going to push I bet. back. They're going to push back that date. Uh, that start date for the next season uh, as as far as they can um, to kind of wait it out, <laughs> wait it out and see, is there going to be a vaccine or is there going to be new updates that will allow to get people uh, in, in these buildings uh, across the league? So um, there's, that's still up in the air. But as for right now, everything is via Zoom. Are they going to be giving the vaccine at the door? Because, I mean... <laughs> See, I mean, real quick, I, and I, I think about this. All right, so let's just say that the league is pushed back until January, February. When will there be a reckoning where they have to shorten a, a season to get it back on the schedule? Or is this also just going to be the thing where we've heard in the past that perhaps they want to start around Christmas time and play against baseball in the summertime? Like, will, will, do you think they will return to somewhat what they were before COVID? Uh, but again, wouldn't they have to have a shortened season in order to do that since they keep starting later and later? Yeah. Um, as soon as COVID hit and they start, they put a pause on, on the games for the foreseeable future. When it happened, I was like, oh, next season is, is done, donezo. And when I say donezo, I mean like they're going to play the season, but that, all, that next season is going to also be affected mm-hmm. by this. Um, and then the only hope is that the following season after – the direct next season is going back to normal. That's the hope. Like that's the dream right now that in what the 2023 season, that will be normal. But, but but you're right though. Like Uh next season, it's still going to be shortened. Like there, there shouldn't be a plan on 80, 82 games. Nobody should be thinking about that for right now. Right. Right. the, the, The next one on the docket is, how do we get the most out of next season? Mm-hmm. Because there's the NBA got, I guess, lucky would be the term that the, the regular season was already ending by the mm-hmm. time this all hit. And all you needed to do was figure out how to way to find a champion with your playoffs. That was the biggest thing for them for this season. Now, 
their next plan is, okay, how do we get fans in these stadiums and still have a relatively good season outside of a bubble situation? Because um, that's, that's, that's the next difficult part is, all right, we don't have the security and safety and the exclusivity of a bubble. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to start playing games right. in our own cities. So right. how do we handle travel? How do we handle hotel stays? Um, how strict are we going to be uh, with the players as they go to these different cities? I mean, the MLB the lemon, had to, had the lemon to, pepper wings. Right. Like how, the MLB really had to crack down on players going out um, and really have to make a statement. Is the NBA going to be that strict um, with that? Like, it, there's so much up in the air that they still have to figure out going into next season. But uh, one thing for sure is, is you're absolutely correct. It's going to be a shortened season next year. That Davis show, Tony Gill on here with us. Tony, on, on some COVID stuff real quick, especially because you're someone that was at the United Center all the time uh, reporting on the team. Uh, how quickly are you going to take, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, the vaccine so you can get back into those streets and doing the things that you need to do? That's a good question, Ken. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's 1.0? You getting the 1.0? I'm waiting for the 2.0. <laughs> put, it, put, it, put, it, put, it, put it this way. I'm not in a rush <laughs> to, to go back to uh, the United Center. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see what it does first. For, what it do? What it do? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I'll wait to the update. He said, <laughs> comes out versus the beta. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Fauci, what it do? Uh, but, <laughs> Tony, um, we're coming up. The draft's coming up. The Bulls lucked into the first, the fourth pick. All right. Uh, and this also kind of winds in. I wonder did this have anything to also do with, with enticing perhaps Billy Donovan? Mm-hmm. So one, now looking at it, uh, I know the Athletic ran uh, a, a new uh, a mock draft with. Our Darnell Mayberry uh, picking the guy that I kind of want. I asked him when I interviewed him like a month ago, would uh, Wiseman be there? He didn't think Wiseman would be there, but he has Wiseman falling to the Bulls. But what would be best pick for the Bulls? I'm an Edwards Wiseman guy. And do you think perhaps, as we were just talking about to entice Billy Donovan, maybe it's not grooming that talent, but maybe it's moving that talent. So do you think that talent is going to be here in the future because they may be using that to bring in an all-star player to get this team uh, moving along uh, the timeline a lot faster? Um, There's so many options that they can do uh, with that fourth pick because um, it's not – it's just outside of the three known commodities. Um, But it's still – it's still a top five pick, so there's still Mm -hmm. value there um this is just me because again we don't know the the drafting habits of this group yet i mean we've conditioned uh with gar packs on how they move that you know it's 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 interesting to 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 learn another's uh patterns um but i want to say that just using all the information that we have how quickly they signed billy donovan I don't know how much it benefits you to take another 18-year-old if mm. you're looking to win. I'm leaning towards trading Wendell Carter. I got you. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm leaning more that they – that I think there's an equal chance that they can trade up or down mm. um, with this, uh, depending on, on the goal. Again, if the, if, if the window is we want to be – continually in the playoffs in a year or two, uh-huh. this drafting another non-commodity, again, outside of that top three, um, 
another young player that you have to find time for, is that beneficial to the short-term window? It might be beneficial for the long-term window, but how long is that long-term window that, you, that who, you're talking about? Who would you move up for? LaMelo. I knew you was going to say that. that you, I knew that was a hedge you written off. <laughs> uh, LaMelo and, and, and Edwards. Mm-hmm. If, if Wiseman has fallen to you, you know, by all means, uh, like uh, our tours didn't shy away from taking Yusuf after already having uh, Jokic, Yusuf Nurkic. Mm-hmm. So they, they had that for a couple – and let it play out. And they said, all right, Jokic is going to be the guy. Let's mm-hmm. let's move him. So, I mean, that is also a possibility that they say, all right, well, Wiseman is the most talented guy here. We have to take him because he's the most talented guy left on the board. We'll figure out the stuff later. Um, so, I, again, I don't know what Arturis is going to do at this point. We've seen him in, in, in what Denver has done over, you know, years, and they've been kind of all over the place. They've taken high-ceiling guys and big-risk guys. They've taken – High uh, floor guys, floor guys. not as high. Like we've seen, we've seen them trade, you know, uh, up and down. So mm-hmm. at least we know for sure he's not closing off any opportunity that he feels that will make this his team better. And I think that's the most beneficial thing that Bulls fans can can think about is whatever they do, we can analyze it after they they've done the move and why that they did the move that they did during the draft. But at least we know that they're open to all of the options, which is all, you know, you can ask for. Real quick, any coveted assistant that was either with him at OKC or that has a connection to Billy Donovan that you would like to see on the bench with him with the Bulls? Oh, Mo Cheese, baby, let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, maybe we We got to do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I think the current assistants uh, that they have um, are going to have a really good shot of sticking around. Okay. Um. If anybody, again, Mo, Mo Cheeks would be uh, a, a guy, that would be the only one that I that I can think of. Uh, but I think Arturis likes the Bulls' current lead assistants okay. right now. Uh, of course, it's Billy Donovan's staff. Uh, but I, I don't think – I don't think they passed on that conversation when they were talking about, hey, we really like our current assistant situation. Um, and we would just like to see what you think of them and, and how you can make that work. But Mo Cheeks would probably be the uh, the one. All right, T. Always appreciate it, my brother. Everybody, make sure you follow Tony at the Tony Gill. Get all of the podcasts from NBC Chicago. He's over there regulating and taking care of it. You know his professionalism and ear is through the roof. Uh, Tony, be safe out here, man, and I always appreciate it. Love you. Love you too, bro. Take that vaccine!